Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Uh, I want to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. It's going to be our main passage today. And uh, we'll look at a couple other texts in Scripture, but this is more expository today of this being our primary and main text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Paul the Apostle writes the church in Thessalonica, and he says, For our gospel, someone say our gospel, did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia, Achaia, who believe, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, watch this, your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. I want to teach a message and might end up preaching based on if you'll preach with me. A message titled, Gone Out. Gone Out. Before I do, I want to pray. Father, I thank you that we have access to your throne of grace through Jesus. He that is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one can come to the Father except through Him. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Demons and deception are broken off people. I thank you in the name of Jesus. Hearts and lives are healed of the sickness of sin, of physical affliction. And we ask Jesus that your kingdom would come that would break into hearts and minds today. That Holy Spirit, by your anointing, do what needs to be done in our lives today. I yield to your Holy Spirit, and we give Jesus all the glory. In His name we pray. Amen. As I was reading this text and reading this letter this week, three questions really stood out in presenting themselves to me. And as I personally worked through those questions, I thought that these are also three questions that present themselves to us as a community up front. The first is this from the passage. Has His gospel... Jesus' gospel, the gospel of God, has His gospel became our gospel. Listen to me. The gospel of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ needs to become our gospel. We don't need to try to preach our own gospel. We don't need to try to discover our own gospel. We don't need to try to come up with our own gospel. We need the gospel of Jesus to become our gospel as a church. To do that, that means it has to become your gospel identity personally, and then for us corporately, our gospel. Notice he said for our gospel. Paul identified personally with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was no longer their thing. It was no longer just Jesus' thing. He identified with it. He says for our gospel. It's our good news. And then notice that the text said that our gospel didn't come just in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance. See, 
His gospel comes also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. And can I just say, and I hope it's clear to you, that we need His power in dealing with the increase of the occult and witchcraft practices in our nation. That as spirituality increases and as people are open to spiritual practices and things that are actually contrary to the king of the kingdom, Jesus, and His kingdom, that we need the power of His gospel in dealing with the increase of the occult and witchcraft practices. But we also need the Holy Spirit to comfort us in all of our soul's affliction from what is taking place in the world around us. I think about what the Scripture says about Lot, that Lot and Abraham, they were so blessed by God that their households began to increase so much that the land where they dwelt could no longer sustain them. So they needed to multiply and separate. And Lot lifts up his eyes and he sees this plain. He says, man, that looks great. According to the eyes, that looks like a place that I want. And it says, he pinched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen to me. Where you begin to move towards and pinch your tent, before long you're going to be in and under. So he pinched his, pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Before long, he's living in it. And the Bible says in the New Testament that righteous Lot afflicted his soul every day by the things he saw and heard around him and the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah, their perverseness, their pride, their absolute self-sufficiency. And you know, I think when we look around that we would all acknowledge there is so much that is the righteous people of God through Christ that afflicts our soul. I, I can't look to the left or the right or to the north or the south or look anywhere without seeing things that afflict my soul. Things that cause my soul to be heavy of hurts and pains and tragedy and injustice and suffering and hurting people and all around us in the world. And that's why we need His gospel because His gospel has not only power to deliver, it also has power to comfort us as our soul is being afflicted from the things that's taking place in the world around us. We also need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth in dealing with the deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons in the last days. Did you know Paul? He said in the last days that there are doctrine, teachings of demons teachings of demons, and deceiving spirits that will take place. And we need the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. We need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us to all truth, the truth that's found in Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. But you know what? We also need much assurance and boldness in an age of doubt and mockery and skepticism where it's becoming more easy and you're seeing it more readily in the culture around us. To publicly, nationally, verbally mock, seek to chastise, ridicule those that believe in Jesus and hold to the Word of God, hold to an unchanging morality, hold to the fastness that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore we need much assurance and boldness in such a time. And here's the amazing thing again. Notice Paul says, for our gospel. I have found that when the gospel becomes personal, then the provisions in it become practical. 
You know why some people get so close to the gospel of Jesus? They come to gatherings, they get around the church, and they're so close, but it never becomes their gospel. They, they never accept it as our gospel. It, it remains distinct and distant from being relevant to them. And when it remains distinct and distant from you, you lose the capacity to understand the provisions in it practically for the very needs you're facing in life. When the gospel becomes personal, then the provisions in it become practical. So number one question that presents itself to us in this text is, has his gospel become our gospel? Secondly, are you willing to allow his gospel to go out relationally? What do I mean? Are you willing to allow his gospel to go out relationally through your life? Notice what the text says. Paul says, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. For your sake. What Paul says is, we not only proclaim the gospel of God. See, he was an apostle. Apostle means one that was sent forth to declare a message on behalf of another. And he said, though as an apostle, I don't have to live among you. I can proclaim it and move on. He would live among them to begin to live out and to model what it is he proclaimed to them, the gospel. And he said that he did this not for his sake, he did it for their sake. What this means is Paul chose to, even though he wasn't obligated to, to not just declare as an apostle the gospel to people. He chose to be like a spiritual father and mother to live amongst them for time, to model it. And he did this not for his sake, for his convenience, he did it for their sake. Now, if you've been around the church long enough, then hopefully by now you understand statistically in all reality that the majority of people that come to respond correctly to the gospel and God's declaration that Jesus is the only way through repentance from dead works and faith, relational trust in Him and are willing to confess Him as Lord, listen, they do so through a friendship and a relationship close to them. People responding correctly to Jesus Christ still outnumbers the amount of people that come to Jesus through the preaching or the teaching of the pulpit. So the question that presents it to you and I is, are you willing to allow His gospel to go out relationally? Are you willing not just to proclaim truth, outside these walls, but are you willing for the sake of others to build a friendship with others that they might see, demonstrated, and come to greater understanding the claims and the reality of Jesus and His kingdom? Oftentimes when you say that, people say, well, wait a minute, I mean, how, how many relationships are, you know, I'm not a people person. How many relationships, friendships are you talking about? Well, just think about this. The place that Jesus has built this community from nothing as a new church, the Lord planted and built, from Him growing it to now what it is, look around. This is a good number of people here. Just imagine, and we had a gathering other. just imagine if in this number here today, just each of us individually or even each of us as a married couple or each of us as a home just reached one other person, one other couple, one other home. Just imagine if we, not for our sake, 
but for their sake, allowed the gospel to go out of our lives relationally, that would lead to multiplication and doubling the extension of Jesus and His kingdom right here amongst us. I would think that would be significant impact for Jesus and for His kingdom. He says, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. You know, he said that the word of the Lord sounded forth out of the church there in Thessalonica, even into Macedonia. Do you know what Macedonia means? It means extended land. If you and I are willing to let the gospel go out through our life relationally to one coworker, or to one other married couple or one neighbor or one relative, one friend, one acquaintance. Listen, it allows Macedonia, it allows Jesus to extend the land, extend His kingdom, extend His care, His compassion, His gospel, to extend it. That's how He extends His kingdom. So number one, has his gospel become our gospel? Secondly, are you willing to allow his gospel to go out relationally? And then third, will we allow the Lord to prepare us to be able to receive the word in much affliction, but still with the joy of the Holy Spirit? Did you see that? He said that they had been prepared and had been able to receive the word of the kingdom in much affliction, but with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And what I think about is, are you and I willing in this season to ask the Holy Spirit and to ask the Lord to prepare us as well, that we would be able to receive the word of the kingdom in much affliction, but with joy? Because listen to me, friends. If mob mentalities will silence anyone, what makes you think you and I would never be that someone? Because we the people of God are called to declare in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation that there is an unchanging standard for morality. There is a thus saith the Lord. There is a consistent gospel and news that this isn't an opinion. There is a command for all nations and all people to repent because there's coming a day in which Jesus will judge the world in righteousness and God has assured that this is reality by raising Jesus the King from the dead. And if we are called to declare there's only one way to be reconciled to God, that there is an unchanging standard for right and wrong and morality regardless of culture saying that things that used to be agreed to be wrong are now okay and, and doing what the prophet warned about, calling evil good and good evil. If mob mentality is willing to silence anyone, what makes you and I who are called to hold fast not just to Jesus but not to be ashamed of His words? think we would never be that someone. So we need to be prepared and ask the Holy Spirit to prepare us that, listen, we're willing to receive the word of the kingdom with joy regardless of affliction, regardless of suffering. Because you know what? When it says the word sounded forth, not just to Macedonia, extended land, but Achia, you know what that means? It means trouble. The gospel was sounding forth through a group of believers in Thessalonica also in the midst of trouble. 
in the midst of trouble, and God wants to do the same today through us, just as Pastor Craig said, that we are primed for a spiritual awakening. We are primed for a real demonstration of the authority of Jesus Christ and His kingdom, that God's not a distant God, that He has now came near through Jesus, that He has authority. He has authority to change hearts. He has authority to heal and to deliver and to resurrect people into a new life for the purpose of why He created them in the first place. That He has the authority to deliver people from shame and guilt and demons and bondages and addictions. That He is Lord over all. Over all. So look at this in verse 8 there in our text. He says, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Not only in Macedonia and Achia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Wow. Notice that phrase. Faith toward God has gone out. Someone say, gone out. That phrase in the Greek, gone out, means to go out from an assembly. You don't understand, biblically, theologically, that's what you're doing today. The reason we're here today is because God always commanded and had His people, whether from the Old Testament, even now to the New Testament, He had them assemble. Assemble to worship Him, to give Him space, to reorient them, to write priorities to His personhood, to His presence, to His practices, to reorient us to each other to live out the one another's, then to hear His Word, hear His direction for us because He is the head of the church. He is the head of the body that sanctifies and washes us that we would assemble so that He could heal our own hurts. He could renew our minds. He could cleanse us and then fill us and edify us and build us and empower us so that though, watch this, then we could go out. Go out. So when it says gone out, that means to go out from assembly. That's what this series is about. Honoring God with every hour of every week. 167. Now we don't just honor Him and, and, and praise Him and worship Him and focus on Him and invite the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name in our life in here. But our faith also goes out. Goes out of the assembly out of the walls, out of the doors. But you know, gone out also means to come forth from privacy into the world before the public of those who by novelty of opinion attract attention. This is important. See, the reason God has us assemble, that this is really us assembling before God Almighty and Jesus our King. And this is actually very private. In fact, Scripture makes it clear the assembling is the assembling of the believers. Many churches have failed and missed that the very purpose of what's happening here, the primary purpose is for God and His people. The primary purpose is not for the seeker or the unbeliever. Now Paul's very clear. He says we should make space of those that are interested in Jesus and, and, and what following Jesus looks like. But the primary purpose is God, His gospel, and His people. So that, watch this, what happens here goes out publicly out there. And we declare the good news, and we declare 
what we're experiencing in here, we declare it out there. Now, this might sound as a shock to you growing up in America or your church background tradition, but you've got to understand the early church, they, they were considered like a cult because of the secrecy of their assembling. They said, what are they doing in secret? So much that they accused and blasphemed the early followers of Jesus as being cannibals, practicing cannibalism. Why? Because Jesus said in John 6, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. Then they hear about these groups of believers gathering in homes, gathering in privacy, eating this meal. Who is the meal? You see, listen, what we're doing here is first for God's glory, for His people, that we would respond to Him, that He would work in us, that we would hear from Him, so that, watch this, then our faith would go out. Someone say, go out. That then, it would go before the public of those who, by novelty of opinion, attract attention. See, we've made churches and the assembly be attractional. That's not what Paul's talking about God did through the believers in Thessalonica. They went out with their faith and were attractive. Why? By novelty. Now, I'm not a wordsmith like our other pastor, Pastor Craig. I'm not an English man. So I had to dictionary.com that thing. I mean, I had dictionary.com novelty. And what it said and told me is it means unique. When our faith gets edified, built up, strengthened. Our relational trust to God that He's faithful. The comfort of the Holy Spirit helps us because we go through our own trials and afflictions even as followers of Jesus. Amen. But when we go out, there's a uniqueness to us and it stands out. That even in a polarized political time, that even in a coronavirus, there's a uniqueness that stands out. That we shine like lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, that becomes attractional. That we have a hope that endures because it's a hope not built on this current age and current world. That we have the hope of believers that our king shall come and physically set up his kingdom over all the nations of the world and he'll make every wrong right and he'll bring every high place and exalted place of pride low and he'll take up every oppressed place and valley and raise it up. That the lion will lay down with the lamb. That the glory of God will fill the earth. That his faithfulness will be displayed on end. That that is a novelty as we proclaim his faithfulness. In a time of such uncertainty, that we have certainty about our King, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and is still Lord and reigns over all. Over all. And then the word gone out, that phrase in the Greek, it means of things to be made known or spread as from the heart or the mouth or to flow from the body. He says, Your faith toward God has gone out. Gone out how? Out of your mouth, out of the body, in such a way that it has extended the word, our gospel of our king and his kingdom, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of affliction, with joy, that we don't even need to say anything. Wow. Did you know that the vision that God's called us to here at Dwelling Place is to 
manifest Christ in many ways to many people. And our vision is still to this day, listen, it's still an aspired vision. Meaning we're not walking in the fullness of the vision that God has for us and called us to as His people here in this community of Woodstock in this church called Dwelling Place. Now that shouldn't be surprising because anytime something's new, you can get a vision for a new company, you can get a vision for a new something, and you can have the vision, but it's not all came about yet, right? It's, an, it's a vision, but you're aspiring to walk and experience the reality of that vision. And our vision of manifesting Christ in many ways to many people is still an aspired vision. We're still moving towards this vision coming to full fruition. Now listen, as we're moving towards it, in this process there have been people I have had to say things to. Notice Thessalonica, Paul says, your faith is going out in such maturity in so many ways that I don't need to say anything. But in our process, because we're young in the process of seeing Christ manifested in many ways to many people, I have had to say things in response to people that have asked questions about what is God's call, about God's heart for this community, for this people. Watch this, and rightly so. It's never wrong to ask questions. It's only wrong when you got the right, the wrong spirit and the wrong attitude. And so I've had to respond to these questions, and that's normal. But here's the key, listen. But what I wish was not normal is often their response after the conversation is that they go out of the church. They disconnect. They leave. Watch this. Instead of go out and modeling the area they asked about And I had to answer in response saying, yes, of course that's God's heart. Think about it. Oftentimes people ask about an area that they're passionate about. Why ain't you doing this, Pastor? Why ain't the church doing that? Well, first let me go ahead and help serve you theologically. Ephesians 4, I'm not called to do everything. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 tells you what I'm called to do. And that's what I'll stand before God before. People ask, what about this? What about that? Say, yes, absolute sorrow of God. But then they leave and they go out of the walls, they go out of the assembly not modeling the relational trust of what it looks like to manifest Christ in that way. They just disconnect and leave altogether. Now that leaves me scratching my head because I thought they were so passionate about that that they were willing to get involved in it. Listen to me. Someone has to go first when it's still an aspired vision. Do you know who was the first to lead the setup and put out the signs and the flags for the assembling on Sunday? I was. Then I'd run into an old nasty middle school bathroom and throw on some more presentable clothes to preach from. And then we'd tear it all down. And I don't keep doing that today, but there's times where someone's got to go first. Someone's got to go first. And I can't go first in everything. 
that's kind that you actually think that I'm that talented. You need to get to know me. <laughs> Man. So listen, it's an aspired vision. Aspired vision. But, faith, but Paul says, the Thessalonians, they had reached a place where their faith was going out, manifesting Christ in many ways. that He didn't need to say anything. You could see the, the multifaceted, multi-wisdom of God displayed in many ways through this group of followers of Jesus to the community around them. Now listen, we've been on a seven-day fast. My hope is that many of you were able to do a seven-day liquid-only fast. Last Sunday, we kicked off the fast. What is fasting? If it's new to you, it means to abstain from food or liquid for a godly purpose. We talked about these godly purposes, some of them, last week. You can find it online if you weren't here. But our main text in kicking off the seven-day liquid fast was Genesis 17 and verse 1. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And it's pivotal to understand this reality in order to be in a posture and place for our faith toward God to go out like the Thessalonians did as they followed Jesus. Listen, it's pivotal to understand you first walking before God, being blameless, so that then we're in a posture and a place like what we're reading, the believers were, that it would be said that our faith toward God went out of these walls. Prayer and fasting, growth phases, all-night prayer, connect groups, are all ways that seek to facilitate and accelerate our faith toward God. Watch this going out of these walls. This is our strategy. They'll put it up. We have a strategic icon. Gathering, growing, grouping, giving, and gifting teams all are to serve and facilitate. Notice what's at the center, the heart. Our going. Our faith going out of the assembly, our faith going out of the walls to manifest Christ in many ways to many people. To many people. Now think about this. This is what our series is about. That our going outside of the assembly, 106, 167 hours of the week, we would still honor God and live the core value of worship, walking before Him blamelessly, but in a way that our faith toward God, not towards government, not towards man, not to opinions of man, not to, but our faith toward God sounds forth in such a way that our uniqueness, like Jesus said, that we are the light of the earth, and the salt of the earth, that our distinction stands out. Now maybe you're familiar, if you're familiar with Scripture, the Apostle Paul. He is like looked to as the perfect example of one who went out, lived missional, lived his faith toward God in new contexts. He is looked to to be the example for missionaries and planting churches. But do you know how he went out? Let's read in Acts 13 and verse 1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, 
Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away and being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews and they also had John as their assistant. Notice how Paul goes out to this thing that we look to and so admire in him of missional living and planting churches and faith going outside of the walls in the local church. First, listen to me, he was in the church. Before he went out and planting churches, he was in the church. He was in the church. Secondly, he was faithful in his current assignment, opportunity, and ministry calling. We know when it says that there were prophets and teachers in the church, he was a teacher. Go read Genesis 1. He said, I was called to be a preacher and a teacher, and my high calling is to be apostle in the Lord. But you can't get, I can't get, we can't get to our high calling without being faithful in the current ministry calling and assignment he's given us. Paul was in the church. He was faithful to his current assignment of being a teacher. And then watch this. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. It has been forgotten amongst many of our brothers and sisters in America that there's not just the Lord ministering to us, His body and people, and there's not just us ministering to the hurting and the seeking and the lost around us. There is also, scripturally, the design of us as people ministering to the Lord. That's what we were talking about last week. When God apprehends a man who becomes what Scripture calls the father of the faith that you and I have, Abram, he says, I'm Almighty God. Now walk before me and be blameless. Minister unto me. Make me the priority. Make me the focus. Make me due north. And then from that place, you're going to go out. And I'm going to give your seed new land. Macedonia, extended land. Your faith and trust is going to be able to go out. Why? Because you first... Know that I'm Almighty God. You first walked before me. You first ministered to me. You first, like Jesus told Mary and Martha, there's many things needed. There's many things in the world. But the one thing that's a must is to sit at His feet. First hear His word. Receive the breath of His Spirit. To receive of Him. So they're ministering to the Lord and they're fasting. Watch this, then the Lord said something, and the Lord separated. As they ministered to the Lord, the Lord spoke, and He separated. And this is the same thing. When you learn that He's Almighty God, listen, He is the I Am. You're passionate, I know you're passionate. You say, I want to see these people reached. I want to see the poor served. I want to see the lost be found. I want to see the hurting healed. Listen, He needs us all to first sit and walk before Him, understand, know that He is the I am healer of the hurts. I am the seeker of the lost sheep. I am the good news to the poor. He don't need me going out and trying to do a good thing, a scriptural thing. 
Not understanding that He's the I Am and me thinking I am the provider. I am the Savior. I am the healer. I am the reconciler. Okay? But when we do that and we minister to the Lord and fast, then He says something and then He separates for specific assignment and ways. Watch this, for our faith to go outside these walls and demonstrate and manifest Christ to the people around us. Next, Paul was sent out by the church and the Holy Spirit. That's what the text says. He was sent out by the Holy Spirit. How we know he was sent out by the church? They laid hands on him. They recognized the work of God's Spirit and what the Lord had said and what he was separated for. Then he goes out, he preaches the Word in the synagogues. Notice it didn't say he preached the Word everywhere. He went out because the Lord also gave him a context. Our faith, all of our faith is called to go out, but listen, he's not going to have us all go out to the same context. Not every follower of Jesus was going into the synagogues. But Paul's context was to first go to the Jew and then to the Gentile. This is very important and we're going to break through this. Now let's talk. Look at verse 8 again. For from, from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Let me talk about gone out of sin. Before their faith could go out into the community around them and extend to Macedonia and Achia, they had to first have relational trust in God, a faith that calls them to come out of sin. Sin. We have all turned aside to our own way. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need to respond correctly to God who has declared that forgiveness and salvation from our sin and being separated from our Creator is found in Jesus and only Jesus. And we repent, we are willing to turn from our sin and our life of us trying to be our own God, our own King, and then we place our faith, our relational trust in Jesus, the only one that God says is the way to be saved, be forgiven, and to be transferred and brought into his kingdom so before their faith went outside the walls they had to have a faith to trust that Jesus is the only way to save them from their sin and their transgression where the Bible says sin is lawlessness listen repentance is necessary for forgiveness you have to be willing to turn from your life of being your own king and lord that's turning, repenting. And you have to trust that the only worthy Lord and King is Jesus. Oh, and once you see your life in the light of His life, it gets easy. When I see my life compared to some other people, it's a lot harder. Because I only compare myself to those that I think is lower than me. I never compare myself to those that I think are better than me. But when I see myself in His light... It's easy to repent and realize Jesus is the only one that's worthy. That's why he told Abram, I am. What you're trying to be, what you're dependent on yourself to be, I am. Now walk before me as I am. It's from that foundation of gone out of sin that we can move forward of seeing our faith go out of the assembling. So let me ask us this question. You ready? How is our faith gone out? No, no, I'm not talking about that you're a follower of Jesus 
and that you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and you're born again and have responded correctly to Jesus Christ. I'm talking about now that you are a child of God and that you are a follower of Jesus. How has your faith since then, since you've gone out of sin, how has it gone out of these walls? Now listen, this is very challenging for us, but if you don't know the answer to that, of how your faith has gone out, I assure you, the unbelievers and the searching and the hurting around you don't know how you trust relationally to God in the life you live. If you can't identify the practical ways that your faith has gone out, your relational trust to God and your King Jesus outside these doors, then unbelievers aren't. So how has your faith gone out? But also this question, how is your faith currently going out? Because that's what this series is about. It's about 167, honoring God with every hour of our week. Now look what the text said. Paul told them, he said, From you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Asia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone out. Listen, when our faith toward God has gone out, there is a sound that comes forth. When... Our faith has gone out of our heart, out of just being private, out of just being individual, out of just the privacy of the assembly. When our faith has gone out, there is a sound. Let's talk about the sound. Listen, there is the sound of our faith coming out of our mouth, the sound of our mouth, and there's the sound of our march. There's the sound of our mouth and the sound of our march. Let's look at the first of these out of the mouth praising Him and declaring the goodness of God and declaring the faithfulness of God with our singing and with our thanksgiving and with our gratitude while still suffering and going through the same economy, the same tension as the unbelievers in the world around us is our faith going out of our heart and out of our mouth. We have learned what Paul said in everything, not some things. Not when some parties are in the office, not when some are president, not when some things, circumstances. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. See, when our faith goes out, there's a sound that comes out. And it's the sound of the people of God still being thankful, still being grateful, still praising Him, because ultimately, He is the hope that we have. That ultimately, it's going to take Jesus coming and physically reigning to fix every wrong that we see. And we declare that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is actually King of the kingdom. Now watch this in Acts 5.42 in the early church. It said daily. That's a faith going out, ain't it, friends? Daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. What was coming out of their mouth is Jesus is the Christ. Let me break it down for you. You know what that means? That's the equivalent of you and I today saying Jesus is president. Listen to me. Jesus shed His blood and had His body broken to purchase every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and every person on the earth. It's just He's not making every per person in every nation acknowledge that our nation is actually not our nation, it's actually His nation. That our heart and our home and our mouth and our life is actually not ours, it's His. We have been purchased by Him 
and it's his. And he says, if you want to mess it up and you want to, you know, with the, the choice I've given you, then that's up to you. But there's coming a day where he will come and physically reign for a thousand years over the nations. See, this is what got the early church persecuted and crucified because when they said Jesus is Lord, it's the equivalent. What they were saying is Jesus is the real Caesar. You think that Rome and Caesar has the real authority and might and the provision? Jesus is the real Caesar. That's why we've been preaching. You need to go back and listen. I'm telling you, the prophetic voice has been very, I think, consistent and faithful. God's been doing it in this community of the fear of the Lord, where He says, all the earth is mine. He says, the silver and gold is mine. Do you know whose picture was on the money in Rome? Caesar. And what they're saying is, no, no, Jesus is Caesar. All the earth is His. All the money and gold is His. Everything is His. He has purchased it by being a willing, suffering, loving king who gave down his life for us, that his love would draw us to him. And so a different sound comes out when our faith goes out because, listen, we're a peculiar people. That's unique to saying, now Jesus is my president. Jesus, I, I declared Jesus as Lord and my president a long time ago. And then while I'm here, how does he want to utilize me to speak and to demonstrate what is righteous laws and the way of his kingdom? Jesus is president of America. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not. He says, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Now when he says from you, you there's plural. He's saying from you, a local group of followers of Jesus, the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Because I told you, when our faith goes out, a sound comes out. And it's a unique sound. We're not to sound like the other people in the world. Paul said that all complaining and murmuring is to be put aside. He's to say we're to give constantly the sacrifice, the fruit of our lips to God. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Now watch this, I want to demonstrate to you. From you, plural, the word of the Lord has sounded forth. But when the word of the Lord sounds forth, it sounds different even though it's the same word. You ready for the demonstration? Watch this. King, say Jesus is king. No, no, just king. Sorry, he didn't know we had a king. Took him a long time to surrender to the real king, but God got him there. Come on. <laughs> Parents, you got hope? Seth? Pastor Craig, Sarah, Melissa, listen, same word, sounds different. How can the same word sound different? The same way, Jesus is king, sounds different because they have different voices. This is important because Paul said our gospel, we don't have different gospels, there's our gospel, but when his gospel shines forth through our life and, and the sound breaks forth out of our life, it sounds different. The way that our faith goes out outside the doors sounds different. We don't need everybody doing the same thing. 
Paul makes it very clear, not everybody's an evangelist. Not everybody's going to have a special part of the heart of God for the poor, even though we should all help the poor, but there'll be some that will give their life to the poor. We're all to be willing to teach and counsel and help people, but we're not all going to go out and, and sh- sound forth our faith as being a counselor or a teacher. So listen, same word, same message, different sound. Manifesting Christ, same Christ, same Lord, same King, but in many ways. Why? Because there's many different people. Many different people. Hallelujah. So we're distinct. We're a peculiar people. Out of this peculiar people, it's the same Lord, it's the same message, but it sounds different. Different ways that Christ manifests through us. We're to have His praise, His thanksgiving in our lips, even in the midst of affliction, even in the midst of going through the same trials and tribulations that the coronavirus and other things have presented even unbelievers and those around us. But you know, how also has the word of the Lord sounded forth out of our character and our commitment to the unbelievers around us? Do you know why our word and our commitment that we give unbelievers or other people is so important? Because our Father, God, everything He does begins with His Word. And we're called to bear His image. In fact, in Psalms 89, 34, He says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that gone gone out of my lips. This is why the word that comes out of our mouth is so important for us. Because we're to represent we serve a God That when he says something, and there's no conditions on it, it's absolute, it's going to be done. There's not one thing God has said where he says, I will do it without conditions, that has failed. His word has been tried seven times and found faultless and pure. And we, his children, are called to demonstrate that. Because it represents the character of our king and the character of the kingdom of God. So the question is, do you and I keep our commitments and our business dealings and our jobs, our word to unbelievers and those around us? If not, our faith is not sounding out through character that they're listening to. Let me give you an example. I don't know about you, but over the course of being married and having children, I've learned some things about what should go in the microwave and what shouldn't go in the microwave. I've learned something about what's dishwasher safe and what's not dishwasher safe. And what I've learned is, is two things can look the same and look to have the same quality. They can both look like they're made of steel. But I've learned that though they look alike, a different sound comes forth. When pressure or when they're hit with a force outside of them. Oh, so though it looks like steel, the sound that's coming forth tells me it's not of sufficient quality to be steel. That's steel. So now, guess what, friends? 
I don't have to turn it over and look at the bottom anymore. All I have to do is get my pen out and see what sound comes forth. And we wonder why we're not standing out like a peculiar people and getting the attention of a world around us because sometimes we look like followers of Jesus with a relational trust that has built His character within us, but when they hit us, when circumstance hit us, the sound doesn't sound right. Our relational trust doesn't come out. The sound of character. Genuine. Follower of Jesus. 167. Living under the reign of His Lordship. You say, wait a minute, you don't understand, Pastor Chad. There's so much that needs to be dealt with and taking care of my life. Yeah, that's why we call Him Lord. A Lord is responsible for the needs and the issues of those in His kingdom. And He has purchased and secured everything you need for life and godliness. There is no shame. There is no habit. There is no hurt. There is no situation that He, through His blood and His body, has not secured and purchased for you. Listen, that's why this is private from the world. Because I don't necessarily want skeptics and those mocking and unbelievers to see me when I got snot rockets 17 inches hanging from my nose because the fire of God is healing a hurt in my heart from a family of growing up where divorce happened or where rejection happened. I don't necessarily want the world to see that, but I'm to be amongst family, brothers and sisters that understand that I'm not Lord. The fact that I say He's Lord means I acknowledged a long time ago. I didn't have it all together and I didn't want to do life my way, but I'm in need of grace and the grace is available through Jesus. But it's not a grace that leaves me the same. It's a grace that comes in and brings His reign and kingdom and makes everything the devil, everything I did, everything others did to make my heart and life crooked it makes it straight again in the name of Jesus hallelujah our faith needs to go out come on band through practicing righteousness practicing what a right relational trust to God and Jesus Christ looks like practically in life did you know Scripture's clear that the righteous practice righteous? But it takes time for you first to sit and learn that Jesus became your righteousness to have the right foundation so that you can move towards missional living and your faith going out towards it. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. There is what's called the work of faith. Do you know the second main purpose of why you were created? Do you know the second main purpose of why humans were created? To deal with the devil and his kingdom on God's behalf. Listen to me. The reason when you came out of sin in Satan's kingdom, you came out of your sin, being your own God, your own king, through your faith and trust in Jesus, the reason he didn't instantly take you to heaven 
is because now you are to walk in your second purpose. And your second purpose is you were created in Christ as a human. You were created and you're now a part of the new humanity, the new creation, the people of God, to put the devil and his kingdom in their place. That's why there's spiritual warfare. That's why people oftentimes allow the devil to intimidate them from their faith going out. But can I tell you that the fact that Jesus was raised means He has broken the power of all oppression and plans of the enemy against the people of God. If all we'll do is submit to God and resist the devil, he has to flee. We sang about it. We have authority in Jesus' name. Listen, go read the story when God brought the old covenant people out of Egypt. And then Pharaoh and the enemy tried to pursue them the rest of their life and intimidate them and say, what happened? He led them through the Red Sea and it said they all drowned. They all drowned. Jesus is Lord over all. Do you know Job, the Bible says that God from the beginning knew that inwardly he was righteous. He was righteous. But did you know that Job, out of his relational trust inwardly, he lived a life where his inward trust was demonstrated practically outwardly? You go read it in Job 29, 12. He says, I delivered the poor who cried out, the fatherless and the one who had no helper. I I caused the widow's heart to sing. Watch this. I put on righteousness. I put on practice and display what my relational trust and faith in Jesus looks like outside the doors. I put on righteousness. It clothed me. My justice was like a robe and turban. I searched out the case that I did not know. Men and people came to listen for my counsel. I broke the fangs of the wicked and plucked victim from his teeth. That's confronting the devil. It's him that still kills and destroys. It's him that binds people in addictions. It's him that binds people and oppresses people. They waited for my counsel. My speech settled on them like dew. They waited for me as for the rain. But do you know what was foundational in enabling Job to put on such righteous deeds for his faith to go out in demonstration? Do you know what's foundational? He tells us right before that in verse 4. I was in the days of my prime. Watch this. When the friendly counsel of God was over my tent. When the Almighty was yet with me. When my children were around me, when my steps were bathed with cream and rock, poured out rivers of oil for me. What's he saying? What enabled him to practice and have his faith go out in demonstration through good works and good deeds was that he first walked before Almighty God, blameless. He got God's friendly counsel, watch this, and God put his favor, his cream and oil, upon Job that's why last week we talked about that first because I don't want us pursuing demonstrating our faith out there and forget the very reason of why we're doing that in here and keeping God the priority and walking before Him but from that place a sound can go out a sound can come forth and you know what happens when it does faith gone out helps serve people from burning out When we allow our faith to go out of these walls, it keeps people from burning out. It keeps the hopeless from giving in to the hopeless lies and oppression of the enemy. Not just that, when you're 
faith goes out, it helps serve people around you from burning out. When you see another brother and sister living out their faith outside the doors, it encourages other brothers and sisters to keep moving forward in the process. To stir up their gift for the glory of God. Faith gone out helps your fire not go out. Let me tell you, you can't get out there demonstrating your faith, putting the devil in his place and dealing with the fangs of the wicked that have held on to people and oppressed them and afflicted them. And be in compromise? And have no fire? No passion for Jesus? Complacent? No, no, no. When we go out, it keeps our fire personally burning. It'll keep your passion for Jesus burning. It'll keep you persevering through your trials. And then lastly, Jesus, all throughout His ministry, people came to Him. He either would lay His hands on them or sometimes they'd touch Him. And guess what? Power, authority, dunamis would go out of Him. And in conclusion, you need to understand that whatever has been trying to hold on to you, whatever's been going out of your life that's not of Him, He still has power and authority that can flow out of Him. He can cleanse the guilty. He can forgive all iniquities. He can heal all diseases. He can liberate from all bondages. He can recover clarity from all darkness. The power and the authority of the kingdom of God is still flowing out of Jesus. He avails Himself to you. You say, how do you know it? Because He already did what needed to be done so that you can get and receive what needs to flow into your life. He already hung on a cross. He already willingly, joyfully laid down His life for you. He gave up His perfect life so that now His perfection and His power can flow from Him and out of Him to deal with our imperfections. That He was hurt so now that His power can heal our hurts. He took our sicknesses. He bore our diseases so now power can flow out of Him and heal our hurts and diseases. For the psalmist said, don't forget all His benefits. For He forgives you of all your iniquities and He heals you of all your diseases because He is Lord over everything. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.